We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you Listen, Watch, Discuss. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Listen, Watch, Discuss. As always, I'm your host, Brent Aiken, and on today's episode, I will be reviewing the new Netflix animated series, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. Now, you may remember two episodes ago, I reviewed the cult classic movie, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and uh, I watched, you know, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I watched it for the first time Monday, and, you know, I ended up doing the podcast on it Tuesday, uh, and... You know, I had heard for years that the movie was great and uh, how much critical acclaim, it, uh, how much of a cult classic it had become over the years. And, uh, you know, it's something I always was uh, interested in watching. I just never uh, got around to doing it until um, recently. And with uh, with the, um, the new animated series, uh, you know, having recently premiered on Netflix, I figured... Uh, you know, now would have been, would, would be as good of a time as any to watch the movie. And then, you know, I loved the movie so much. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm in this fandom now. I, I'm, I'm loving it. I, <laughs> I got to check out the show. So, uh, I watched the yeah animated show, like literally the, the next night, but I wanted to pace myself cause I knew I wouldn't be reviewing the show until this weekend. I was like, well, I, I have a few days. I'll just watch two episodes a night and then talk about it the day after I finish it. So I, I started the show Tuesday night, uh, the day after I, like not too long after I did the podcast, but it was the day after I saw the movie, did the podcast on the movie the following day on Tuesday. And then later that night I, I watched the first two and it was so good. I, I almost wanted to just uh, binge the entire thing uh, in one sitting, but I, I was like, no, I, I can, I can watch two a day. I can keep it up for, uh, I mean, I can pay, I can pace myself. And, um, but you, but you know how it is whenever, uh, any streaming service, you know, whenever you have the entire season or the entire show of something and you get hooked on it, you just want to binge it. And, but I, you know, I paced myself and, uh, it was really good. I really enjoyed the show. Um, now, yeah, if you remember, uh, me talking about the movie, uh, well, if you don't, uh, this is basically what the movie's about. Uh, and also I, I will, I'd like to also mention that I will be going into spoilers for, uh, the first season of Scott Pilgrim takes off. So if you have not seen the show yet, uh, well, first of all, go see the movie. If you haven't seen the show yet, watch the movie first and then watch the show, uh, whole seasons on Netflix. And if you have, um, seen it, oh, if you haven't seen it yeah, do that first, stop the episode, go watch the movie and the show, uh, and then come back. But if you don't mind hearing spoilers, you can continue, uh, and if you've already watched both the movie and show, then yeah, of course, continue listening to the episode. Uh, but I will be going into some spoilers. So, uh, but yeah, so the movie is pretty much about this. And again, if you listen to my review of the movie, you'll know what it's about. But recap: uh, it's about this uh, Canadian, uh, early twenties Canadian uh, guy named Scott Pilgrim, who uh, li- who's living in Toronto. He falls in love with this uh, new girl who just moved from New York uh, to Toronto named Ramona Flowers. Uh, this, the rainbow-haired, uh, the rainbow-colored, or the rainbow-haired girl of his dreams. Uh, this cool, badass, you know, rollerblading uh, girl and uh, dyes her hair every week and a half, a different color. <laughs> and uh, he wants to date her. They, they go out on one date and she lets him know up front, she's like, hey, look, uh, you seem like a nice guy. I do want to date you, but I should probably let you know that if we are going to continue to, to date each other, you're going to have to defeat my seven evil exes. And, uh, and he basically has to one by one defeat her, all of seven of her evil exes in a, uh, in a fight in a one-on-one fight, uh, complete with, uh, video game sound effects and, uh, video game, uh, Kung Fu fighting moves and all that. Uh, martial arts and um the movie was great and you know of course uh you know the the movie ends with you know throughout the movie he defeats you know each and every one of them uh culminating in the climax where he fights her seventh and most evil ex the leader of the league of evil exes Gideon Graves and then they end up together they uh, walk off into the the mysterious like portal door 
and uh, holding hands, and that's the end. And the the show, um, and by the way, the show, like I said, is on Netflix. It premiered just over two weeks ago. Like it was a, a two weeks and a day ago, exactly that the show premiered on Netflix. So it's uh, still pretty fresh, still pretty recent. But the show uh, does something pretty interesting because, um, well, first of all, the animation. I love the animation. It's like uh, an an anime, like an Americanized anime kind of look. Kind of reminds me of Steven Universe, but really, uh, I you know from based on the images uh, from the comics that were in the movie and in the show, uh, and having looked up what the art style looks like from the comics, it looks the the stu- the uh, animation and the art style of the show looks like identical to the comics, and that's also largely in part by or that's. A large reason of that, a reason as to why that is, is because the series was developed and co-created by Brian Lee O'Malley, who, as I mentioned in the movie review, that uh, he was the one who created the comic book series. And he's also Canadian, but he he was the one who wrote and uh, and I think illustrated, I think he also illustrated the, um, uh, he did the art for the comic books. But yeah, he, he created the comic book series that the movie and this show uh, was based on. So he co-created the show, and Ben David Grabinski also was the second uh, co-creator. I think he also worked on the... Uh... Oh, yeah, he was the... Okay, so he was the writer and artist of the comic book. Okay, so I wonder who um, Ben David Grabinski is. I, he may have worked on the comics, too, or he may have worked on the movie. But, yeah, he, he co-created it with uh, with him. And, uh, yeah, the animation is fantastic. Uh, I love how, and even though I don't watch a whole lot of anime, I don't think I've ever actually watched an anime, uh, series all the way through. I know enough about anime to know, like, understand the concept of, like, how it looks and kind of what it's about in a way, or what, or what certain animes are about. But it does look like, it does very, it looks very heavily anime influenced. Like, the, the look of it is very anime influenced. And, um, and I guess the comic was too, or maybe, or I guess, uh, um, Brian Lee O'Malley took, uh, you know, some influences from, uh, anime when he was creating the comic. But, but yeah, so I think that's cool that it looks, the show is kind of anime, looks like an Americanized anime, Steven Universe type style. And it, and it looks like identical to the comics. I think that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I'm guess I'm guessing like anime was kind of, he was inspired by anime when he was illustrating the comic book, when he was creating the comic book for the first time. But either, either way, regardless of if he was inspired by anime or not, the style still looks cool and unique and and it pops out. It's very vibrant and colorful and uh, and I like it a lot. But, uh, but yeah, the show uh, is very interesting. It takes a very interesting turn because uh, the first episode pretty much plays out like the beginning or pretty much plays out like the first, I want to say like 30 minutes of the movie where, you know, it's, it's the basic, it's the same, uh, you know, setup and same, same, everything, same establishing the world as the movie, uh, you know, with, with the exception of like some bits of dialogue changed here and there. Like for example, uh, the scene where Scott meets Ramona at Julie's party for the first time is, uh, instead of him talking about like as an icebreaker for, the conversation to talk to her, uh, instead of talking about the origins of Pac-Man's name, he's talking about, uh, you know, the fact that Sonic the Hedgehog had two animated series running in the nineties and were both voiced by, uh, Jaleel White, the guy who played Urkel. <laughs> and, um, you know, so like little bits of dialogue here and there are different, but for the most part, the first episode pretty much plays out like the movie, uh, up until the end, and, and and yeah, like the, like the movie, you know, it's it's like yeah, Scott, you know, we we see you know Scott's playing in his band Sex Babom. He's the uh, bassist for Sex Babom. He's dating Knives. He meets Ramona, you know, in his dreams, and then he meets her in real life. He's starstruck, or you know, he's he's uh got a huge crush on her. Talks uh, meets her at the party. They go on the date. Uh, they're at the uh, um uh well, not it's not the Battle of the Bands, but they're at the um uh they're, they're at this uh, club, you know, and they're going on right after crash and the boys and they're playing and everyone's there, you know, Stacy and, uh, and Wallace and Ramona and knives are there watching the, the, uh, them, uh, playing. 
And then Matthew crashes through the wall, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, so we're going to get, you know, at first you think, oh, we're going to get the movie just in an eight episode uh, show format. But then the episode ends with Matthew winning the fight. Because, you know, if you've seen the movie, it's, uh, you know, it's like, oh, Scott wins the fight against Matthew and kills him, quote unquote kills him. Because according to the creator, Brian Lee O'Malley, apparently when he defeats them, they don't die. Like when they, he kills them and they like erupt into an explosion of coins, you know, uh, and Scott gains the points, you know, from killing them. They, I, I, they, I think he said they respawn from wherever they came from. So like they, they respawn uh, back to their previous location, like wherever they were before they went and interacted with Scott, you know, they like respawn back in their houses or whatever. Uh, so, you know, that's why I say quote unquote dead, but yeah, it's like, uh, Matthew kills Scott and it's like, Oh shit, that's, you know, the exact opposite of what happened (laughs) in the movie. And I was like, Oh, I like that twist. Like that's a good turn, uh, that they took, uh, for the show and the rest of the show, it, it, from that point on, from episode two to the the end of the season, uh, episode two to episode eight, it's pretty much like a what if, like uh, Marvel's what if. It's like uh, a parallel universe where, you know, it's like what if Scott lost the first fight with Matthew, the first Evil X, and how would things have played out? You know, this uh, how would things have played out had Scott died and, um, you know, and it didn't win the fight and didn't win Ramona. You know, it's like how would that have played out? from him losing the fight with Matthew. And I do like the direction they take because, uh, you know, Scott is, he comes back, like he's not dead. Um, he comes back at like the end of episode six and then he's in, uh, episode seven and eight. So he's in about half the show, you know, but for half the show, he's gone from like episodes two through five and most of six. Like I said, he comes back at the very end of episode six, but for, uh, you know, the next half of the show, two through five, he's just gone. And it's like a mystery where Ramona's trying to figure out where Scott, you know, went because they have a funeral for him. So at first she believes he's dead. And, uh, and by the way, <laughs> the funeral, uh, because there's no body when he's murdered, it's just coins. Cause like I said, you know, it's like a video game type thing, wherever, uh, where, uh, whenever Scott in the movie defeated all the exes, uh, depending on, which exit was because the further down the line it got, the more points he racked up and the more coins he got. So, you know, Matthew was only w- worth like $2, I think. And Scott is worth even less than that. Or like when Matthew quote unquote kills him or when, when everyone thinks he's dead, uh, you know, he, there's a little uh, explosion and some dust and, you know, uh, pops up and, uh, and like three coins uh, fall down. So he's like worth, I, I guess a dollar or 75 cents. And, uh, <laughs> at the funeral, they put the coins in the casket because they don't have a body to put in there. It's an, and it's an open casket funeral. And Ramona, there's a scene where she's walking up to the casket and looks at the coins or looks down and you see the coins. I, that was a pretty funny, uh, visual joke. But of course, uh, one of Scott's exes, uh, Envy Adams, who he used to date. And then she, uh, went off and formed her own band, the clash at demon head. And, uh, of course that, you know, you know, this from the movie, if you've seen the movie, but she shows up and decides to make the funeral about her. And not only that, you know, she puts on a show like scenes for everyone and has them all like running after her when she leaves, you know, chasing after her, like, Hey, envy, you know, (laughs) like one, one dude tells her to step on my corpse. (laughs) They're like, Oh, sign. Yeah. Step on my corpse. Sign, sign my face. Uh, not only does she upstage Scott's funeral, like with a song and dance number, but she also has the nerve to right before, immediately before that, uh, say, Oh, Scott didn't really matter that much. He was just a little blip in my life. He didn't mean that much to me, but nevertheless, I feel the need. I, I should say, speak my piece, say a few words on, on his, uh, on what his life amounted to and shit like that. You know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing of course, but you know, it was like that. It went down like that. And I'm like, damn envy. That was, <laughs> <laughs> rude as rude as shit but uh i mean it, it was funny but it's like damn like you took the this whole thing that was about scott and just twisted around and made it about you um now now i see why you're one of scott's exes you know but um but yeah so you know from that point on yeah they have the funeral in episode two and ramona uh has a dream about scott 
I, which I guess, yeah, it's at the end of episode two. She has the uh, dream about Scott, uh, similar to Scott's dream about Ramona, where he's, and again, this was in the movie too. Uh, whenever Scott had his dream about Ramona, uh, he was in like this desert plain area, which uh, Ramona calls the subspace highway. And uh, <laughs> it's like this deserty, foggy plain. There's a cactus in the background. You see some canyons. But uh, uh, Ramona's just uh, rollerblading, just skating on by throughout the through the desert. And Scott's like, oh, the girl in my dreams. And Ramona has the same vision. She sees like, or, well, she's in Scott's place and she sees Scott like walking around. I believe he's like walking around the desert uh, and, or the highway, as you call it. And um, she's like, oh, shit, he's alive. And so, uh, you know, next few episodes is uh, Ramona trying to follow these breadcrumbs, uh, this, you know, mystery of like, you know, if Scott's not dead, then who made it look like he's dead? Because, yeah, Matthew obviously didn't kill him. So where did he go? Where's the body? You know, where, who took Scott? And uh, it's a pretty interesting mystery. uh, And, you know, they leave some, a trail of breadcrumbs for you to kind of, uh, you, you know, the, or like Ramona finds this trail of breadcrumbs, uh, to like, um, uh, just think on, you know, cause she's like, she keeps trying to follow all these different leads and she's like, oh, well I'll start with my exes. And then, you know, over the course, the course of the next few episodes, she tries to, to, um, uh, catch up with them and see if they did anything. And of course she doesn't really end up anywhere. Uh, and she finds out that the exes didn't really have anything to do with it. And uh, and something else that I love, too, about the second episode, or about the show overall, but I love in the second episode, we get all of the exes meeting up at the League of Evil Exes, at, at uh, Gideon's uh, company. Uh, what was Gideon's company? It was like um, Mayweather, May, uh, not Mayweather. What was his name? Let me look it up. I'm on the page. Uh, it was, what was his name or what was the name of his company? Okay. I forgot the name of his company, but yeah, he, he, he ran this, he had like a animal shelters. He had a, uh, corporation. I think he had a law firm. Uh, and then of course he formed the, the league of evil exes and, um, <laughs> and, uh, what was interesting is that, uh, Matthew decides to call a meeting at the league, you know, at the, at the layer to, um, to let everyone know, he's like, Hey, I won. I defeated, uh, you know, I, I did what we, you know, we're, we're, uh, I did what we all gathered to do, which was, uh, what, what we all formed this league to do, which is control Ramona's love life and get her new boyfriend out of the picture. And she still rejected me. What the hell, you know, what was that about? And, uh, and since, and Gideon's the leader and, you know, they're all sitting down having this meeting. And I just think it's interesting. I just thought it was cool to see them all like in the same room interacting with each other because in the movie, we just get them one by one. Like we get Ramona mentioning them first. Uh, well, no, actually, no, we get Matthew showing up. And then after Scott's defeated Matthew, Ramona gives him the skinny. You know, she lets him know like, hey, uh, you have to defeat my seven evil exes in order for us to date because they're jealous and they formed this league that are out to control my love life, you know, so defeat them, we're, we're good, and uh, we can keep dating, and, um, you know, so, yeah, uh, but, you know, we didn't actually, we, we just got to see them one by one show up, you know, and get their ass kicked by Scott, you know, have this cool little battle, and then Scott defeated them, but we never got to see them forming the league, you know, we hear, we, uh, we got to, at the end, we found out that Gideon was the one that formed the league and invited all of them to, you know, join forces and defeat Scott, you know, defeat Ramona's new lover, defeat, <laughs> defeat her new boyfriend. But we never actually got to see them all in one location. So I do love that we get to see that in the second episode. Uh, it was just cool to see them all meet up and just in the layer, like thinking like, well, what do we do now? And, uh, and then we get this really cool fight between, uh, because Matthew's like, well, hey, I was the one that defeated Scott. I think I should be running things now. So he challenges Gideon to a fight who's the, like I said, the the head of the league and the last of the evil exes. He's number seven. Uh, and we get this really badass fight with, you know, um, Gideon using his weapons and technology and fighting skills skills, and Matthew using his fighting skills and also his ability to summon the 
you know, his demonic powers, you know, his ability to fly and summon the demon vampire chicks from the, that were in the movie. And, uh, and Matthew ends up defeating him and Gideon reluctantly, you know, uh, cause he sees that everyone else is like, uh, wants Matthew to, they're like, we're cool with Matthew being the head of the company or the, and the head of the league. So Gideon reluctantly signs over control of the company and the league and all of Gideon's, you know, uh, assets and everything over to Matthew. So Matthew takes over. I was like, Oh shit, I didn't expect this. This is a cool twist. And, um, and then, you know, from that moment on, all the exes are kind of, uh, off doing their own thing. And then Ramona, like I said, she is investigating, trying to figure out who took Scott, you know, what, why Scott wasn't murdered and where he is, who took him, what, what are they doing with him? Uh, who wants, you know, who is trying to cover up the fact that Scott's not dead? Who wants us to believe that he is dead? And, you know, she ends up going to, uh, she pretty much in, investigates and uh, interrogates all of her exes and none of them really did it. You know, like she keeps, tr- uh, I mean, she keeps, um, fi- uncovering and unraveling more and more of the mystery, uh, of, you know, who took Scott, but like, so it's not like she's not getting anywhere, but like she, you know, has the list of the exes and every time she runs into one by the end of the episode, she's like, oh shit, well, okay, uh, Lucas didn't do it, Todd didn't do it, uh, you know, Roxy didn't do it. And uh, and it's cool because, you know, uh, with her investigating, you know, Scott's disappearance, you know, uh, who's behind, who was behind Scott uh, and, and him leaving, uh, who was behind Scott's fake death, uh, we get Ramona essentially patching things up with all seven of her of her exes, and uh, I mean, and kind of Gideon too, in a way. I mean, not so much Gideon because he's still by the end of the show, he's still kind of evil. <laughs> we see in a mid credit scene, which I'll, I'll mention towards the end of the review. But uh, but for the most part, she's like she like patches things up with each of her exes after each interrogation, you know, and uh, or after each encounter with all seven of them. And, uh, and it's very sweet to see. It's very nice to see as well, because, you know, in the movie they didn't get, I mean, not saying they didn't get any depth, but they didn't get a whole lot of depth or a whole lot of screen time because they showed up one by one. And like I said, got their, you know, got into a epic video game, martial arts type battle with Scott and Ramona in Roxy's case, <laughs> Scott and Ramona. Uh, and then, you know, quote unquote died, you know, were defeated and that was it. You know, we didn't see him again. Uh, so I like that the show flushes them out more, gives them more to do, like gives all of them a little bit more to do. And the fact that Ramona does like admit to every one of them, she's like, you know what? I was kind of shitty. It was kind of shitty the way I left things off with you. I mean, with all of you, but like, you know, individually when she's talking to all of them, she does admit like, okay, maybe I didn't handle things great handled the end of our relationship that well. I'm sorry for how things ended with us. Hopefully we can be friends or at least we can be on good terms now. And, uh, and I loved that. Uh, like, uh, like episode three, when Roxy runs into her and, you know, they have their huge fight and she, you know, uh, you know, asks her, it's like, Hey, did you have anything to do with Scott's disappearance? Ramona, uh, or Ramona, Ramona asks Roxy and Roxy's like, no, I didn't have anything to do with her disappearance. Um, you know, she says, uh, she's like, oh, okay. And it was, um, it it was very sweet to see by the end of the episode, they, uh, they have a talk, they sit down and Ramona's like, Hey, look, I'm sorry. I, the way I left things, uh, in college when we were roommates, the, the way I, I just kind of ended our relationship and kind of treated it like it was a phase or it didn't, or it was a little more insignificant. It didn't mean anything. I'm sorry. It did mean something. Uh, but I, I would still like to be friends with you. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. And <laughs> of course, Roxy, cause, uh, she, she's, she's just trying to get with, uh, with all the girls because, uh, she, she right after that, cause they're chilling in, uh, Kim's video store, uh, one of Scott's exes and she's the drummer in the band, uh, sex, Bomb. but she works at the no accounts video store. So they're all like what chilling out. It's, it's nighttime. They're all chilling out before closing, watching a movie. And Ramona's like, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry the way things shaked out between us. I was kind of an asshole, but I would still like to be friends with you if that's cool. And we patch things up. And so they patch things up and, uh, Roxy's like, 
with benefits? And Ramona's like, yeah, no benefits. And Roxy's just like, eh, it was worth a shot. And then she asks Kim, uh, and Kim's like, oh, I'm not. And, you know, you, you think she's she's about to say, oh, I'm not into girls. But then she thinks about it, and she's like, eh, well, try it. And, and, then, and then we just get this, like, very intense sexualized kiss between the two of them. I mean, maybe not sexualized, but very sexy, tender kiss. Like, they're, they're like, breathing, you know. And, and, uh, and then they kiss, and then Roxy's like, ah, no sparks. And then she immediately asks Kim, what about her hot coworker? And I just thought that was hilarious because I'm like, wait a minute. What do you? What the hell do you mean, no sparks? You both were breathing heavily, locked lips, like you were like ton, ton, like French kissing each other, and there was like a little strand of saliva. You had and Roxy, you had your legs wrapped around Kim, but yeah, that none of no sparks whatsoever. I, okay, <laughs> like just the, everything that happened in that scene contradicted what Roxy said. I'm like, I feel like there were sparks, but. But apparently there weren't. But but that that was a funny scene. Just that interaction, Kim, and the, the the fact that Kim entertained that idea. She's like, well, I might be into girls. I don't know. I might or I might be into Roxy. Who knows? She might be the exception. Um, and so <laughs> she just gave the kiss a shot. And then Roxy, then Ramona's like, okay, it's time for you to leave. And then Roxy just leaves, just like humming the hamster dance song, uh, which is great. But yeah, so it's it's like that, you know. And then when she goes to see Lucas, uh, he's filming his. Uh, uh, he's filming a movie in Toronto. Um, she patches things up with him by the end of the episode, kind of patches things up with Todd at the end of episode five, you know, and then the twins, the patch things up with them, kind of patch things up with Matthew in a way. Uh, and by the end of the season, you know, in the like second to last episode and in the last episode in the season finale, they're all except with the exception again, maybe with Gideon, they're all okay. And, uh, and I love that. And, I think it's interesting too that uh, they poke some some fun at uh, Netflix because in the movie, um, uh, uh, Ramona was like a delivery girl for Amazon, I believe, and in in the show she's delivering DVDs for Netflix. So I just think it's funny that they're poking fun at because the fact that they're on the show's on Netflix and they're poking fun at the fact that Netflix used to deliver DVDs, but now they're their show is on, uh, is, is a part of Netflix, but it, it's a streaming service show. It's a streaming series and it's on a streaming platform that used to only s- exclusively rent DVDs. And, you know, Netflix is the reason why Blockbuster went out of business. <laughs> why, why the no account video store in Scott Pilgrim went out of business is because like streaming services took over. But I do think it's funny that like they, they reference the fact that like, Oh, like in their world, which I guess is is supposed to be like in the early 2000s still, or like because Scott Pilgrim came out in 2010. So, which I guess Netflix may, I think they were still doing DVDs then at that point, but Blockbuster was still around and Netflix was doing, you know, uh, renting out DVDs. Uh, So video stores were still a thing by the time the movie came out. But now in 2023, like 14 years after, or 13 years after the movie came out, you know, video stores have all but you know, went away, uh, and Netflix and streaming services have taken over. <laughs> so I just, I, I love the little like references and jokes they make, uh, about Netflix. And, uh, and they also make some jokes about the movie. They make some references to the movie because there's a subplot where, uh, one of Scott's friends, uh, young Neil, who isn't a member of the band, he's just a friend of one of the members of the band. And he's, he's also his roommate. Uh, so he just, you know, he's kind of like their, audience in a way <laughs> like every time they they rehearse uh in his house they're just he's just watching them on the couch like yeah that's good guys and he, he kind of talks like that too he's just kind of very like relaxed and uh not dense in the head but sometimes he's just not he kind of zones out he's not all always like completely focused on whatever's going on he's but he's like yeah that's good guys that's nice you know like he just kind of ta- mumbles when he talks in a way he's just kind of like very laid back and chill zones out from time to time. <laughs> but uh but there's a subplot that ties into the main plot where uh young Neil thinks that he's written a script because he wants to be a writer. Uh he believes that he's written a script for a Scott Pilgrim for a movie based on all their lives. But the plot but what's funny is that the plot of the movie is um that that Neil thinks he wrote because he's trying to write it, he goes to sleep and then in the middle of the night he like he he's like all groggy. He kind of half wakes up 
and he believes he's in a dream because like he sees this uh mysterious masked figure in a hazmat suit and a gas mask writing away like typing at his computer and he's like is that my sleep paralysis demon Eh, whatever and then he just goes back to bed and then he wakes up he looks at his computer or he looks at his computer and uh he sees next to it the manuscript for the movie just all typed out and he's like oh shit i must have wrote this in my sleep i <laughs> right you know i i the script's complete and and the plot of the sorry i think that was my dog um and the plot of the movie uh that neil wrote is essentially the plot of the movie like it's it's like oh what if Scott won the fight with Matthew Patel and defeated all the evil exes and won, you know, him and Ramona got together at the end. So I think it's funny that, like, the show's poking fun at the movie, too. It's like, or it's like referencing the movie. And uh, that's the movie that Lucas, uh, because Lucas is uh, uh, Ramona's uh, movie star ex. You know, he became a movie star after high school when they were, when they were dating. Uh, or, I mean, after high school, after they dated in high school and after he graduated, he became a famous skateboarder and successful action movie star and the latest film that he's shooting in toronto uh when yeah when um uh ramona goes to interrogate him about if he knew anything about what happened to scott uh he they're filming neil's movie like neil's like yeah i I just uh woke up and i wrote this screenplay and i you know got it accepted (laughs) and uh and so and what's funny is that they uh, they even got, well, they don't get Edgar Wright to voice himself, but the director of the movie is supposed to be Edgar Wright, but he's called, his last name's Edgar Ron. And, uh, he's not voiced by Edgar Wright, but he's voiced by the dude who voiced Pleakley and Lilo and Stitch, uh, Kevin McDonald, uh, who is funny. Cause like he has such a distinct voice and he uses that voice for every character he's ever voiced. Like every time he pops up in a show, I'm like, Oh, that's the dude who voiced Pleakley and Lilo and Stitch. Um, and so, you know, I was like, oh, that's that's cool. But yeah, so like the director is supposed to be Edgar Wright. The movie that they're filming or that they're trying to film in the show that Lucas is working on is the the actual movie that preceded the show, you know, is the actual live action movie we got 13 years ago. And uh, and there's a, and there's a, another uh, funny line of them poking fun at the movie or them referencing the movie is uh, when Ramona's talking with Lucas Lucas is playing Scott Pilgrim in the movie and he's like, this script is so stupid. Scott tricks, you know, uh, according to, uh, the script, you know, or in the script, Scott tricks my character of Lucas into grinding a skateboard to death. And that's what happened in the movie. But what's funny is like, he mentions that and he's like, what kind of idiot would fall for that or do something that's stupid. And it's funny because in the movie, Lucas falls for that. Like he, like, you know, because Scott has him, uh, he 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 uh he tricks him into grinding an ollie on a skateboard, uh or you know grinding down a half pipe on a skate or not a half pipe but like uh down the, the these stair rails, uh because there are all these like hot chicks watching these hot girls, and uh, he's like you don't want to disappoint your your sexy, uh, female uh, fans do you, <laughs> like you know Scott like uh goads him into doing the skateboard trick and he grinds down the the stair uh, or the, the stair rails, the the metal stair rails. And then like he crashes all the way down at the end of the hill, uh, where the stair rails ends and he explodes in this big, I think he like crashes into a car at the bottom of the hill and then he just a big explosion. So I think it's, I think it's funny that he mentions what kind of idiot would fall for that when, you know, his character fell for that in the movie. It's like poking fun at, it's like very, you know, meta humor. I love the meta humor with, you know, what them talking about referencing Netflix and, uh, and, and the live action movie itself. I, I think that's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, all those jokes are great. And, um, and yeah, so, and th- that's a pretty interesting subplot that ties into the main plot and the mystery of like where Scott went, you know, like, or, or who took Scott and who's tricking everyone into thinking he's gone, you know, he's dead. And, um, oh, and also I want to mention this before I forget to, well, you know what? No, no, I'll mention it at the end. Cause I'm almost done. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, so we find out Scott comes back at the end of episode six and we find out that, um, we find out that, uh, older Scott, uh, was the one who, uh, his self from the future. So like 10 year, 10 years in the future, 14, was it like 14 years? I think it was, it was like 10 or 14 years in the future, uh, future, but anyway, older Scott, future Scott, um, 
it was the one who opened the portal and yanked Scott out of the fight between him and Matthew and brought him to the future. And he basically tells him, he's like, hey, look, uh, in the future, you and Ramona get together. But uh, I just want you to know, you, you know, you two start dating, you get married, things go well for a while, but then uh, you guys have a falling out, things get ugly, and, you know, you're, you end up crashing with Wallace again. <laughs> and then we see older Wallace, too, like he's hanging out in old, like future Wallace's house. Uh, he's got gray hair now, which, of course, I mean, they're only, like, in their late 30s, so... I mean, I feel like that's a stylistic choice with Wallace. Like he just chose to dye his hair gray. But, um, cause I'm like, damn, either Scott was that much of a hassle to, and, uh, you know, uh, um, that much of a pain to deal with that he, you know, he was, he was driven insane by Scott constantly being, uh, in his house that, you know, it drove his hair, it drove him insane and, and caused his hair to turn gray, like a full head of hair, you know, or, um, or to, caused it the entirety of his uh, of his hair to turn gray, or he just dyed his hair gray. I feel like he just dyed his hair gray, but uh, but he looks good with gray hair. But uh, but you know Scott's like okay yeah so I uh, I'm not, you know and and evil or not evil but future Scott basically tells present day Scott he's like I'm not going to send you back until I know that you are not going to continue to date Ramona anymore. Um, because, you know, our life gets screwed up because we dated her. I, you know, I end up living with Wallace again and yeah, things are, um, uh, and you know, I, I wasted all those years on her for nothing, you know, cause we're, we're through and, uh, Scott ends up, um, running into, uh, future Ramona, uh, Scott and Wallace decide to go see, uh, future Ramona and, uh, she's, seems like she's doing pretty well. Uh, she's, you know, she's got this, uh, cool new, uh, looking suit. She's, you know, she grew out her hair and she basically reveals to Scott that the movie idea was hers because, uh, in the future, Neil or young Neil writes, uh, a, a memoir of like his, his life and the, the lives of Scott and Ramona and all the exes. Like he writes the, uh, his memoir of like, everything that happened in Scott, his and Scott's and Ramona's lives, you know, every, everyone that he has encountered, uh, all of their lives. And Ramona's like, okay, I was the one who, because, uh, Scott said that he was going to go back in time or my Scott said that he was going to go back in time and prevent us from ever dating in the first place. I decided that if Scott was going to erase everything, you know, in the future with us being together, that I would go back in time, take the memoir that Neil wrote rework it into a smoothie script and trick him into, into filming the movie of, uh, of what happened. So that way there'd be some, uh, remembrance of like who I was and the relationship we had, you know, because that way you, you know, you could go back and fix it or we, or, you know, we could fix it and not forget, you know, not have everything erased and remember what happened. And, uh, and we could repair our relationship and stop, you know, my Scott for making a dumbass mistake, <laughs> uh, and, and get you to, uh, you know, make sure that things with your Ramona don't turn out how things did with me and Scott. And, uh, so then she, you know, they, they send her back or, I mean, she sends him back, uh, with these cool and, and it's, it's cool. Cause she's got like these, uh, roller skates that like, uh, she said she got, she, uh, repaired a DeLorean or she, she got them from spare parts from a DeLorean. She's like, oh yeah, well I can go, as long as I go up to 88 miles per hour, I can travel through time. And I was like, oh, it's cool. Time traveling rollerblades. But, and also that back to the future reference was great. But, uh, but she, you know, goes back to the past or to the, to the present, you know, and her, she meets up with her present day self. So Ramona meets her future self. They talk for a few minutes. Uh, and, you know, Ramona, cause she's uh, hanging out with Steven, Neil and Stephen, Neil, Kim and Knives, you know, Scott's bandmates and, you know, former girlfriend, you know, uh, talking about Knives and or in regards to Knives and, uh, you know, Scott and future Ramona catch them all up on, you know, what just happened. And Ramona's like, okay, I'm going to go back to the future, make sure things work out there or make sure things, you know, Scott doesn't do anything else stupid. She goes back and, uh, you know, at the end of the seventh episode, Ramona, Stephen, Kim, Knives, Scott, and uh, Neil. Yeah, Neven, uh, sorry, 
Neil, Stephen, Kim, Knives, Ramona, and Scott go to the play because uh, uh, Kim, or not Kim, but Knives and Stephen uh, wrote a musical about the events of their lives, you know, about Scott and Ramona and the exes. And they pitched it to Matthew, who's, you know, the head of, uh, who's still the head of the uh, the CEO of the league and of Evil Exes and all the, uh, and all, all the um, companies that Gideon, you know, worked for. Uh, or Gideon, the Gideon ran, you know, the animal shelters, the uh, law firm. And I think he had a law firm. He had like a, uh, a studio, but they pitched the play to him. He finances it and he's playing Scott in the play. <laughs> and, you know, the, the last episode, the second to last episode and the beginning of the finale, uh, yeah, start with all, of, you know, all of the characters, all of them, you know, Julie, uh, Stacy's, uh, you know, um, Gideon's, uh, friend from high school, and she's also Ramona's friend, uh, and Stacy's coworker from the coffee shop. Stacy, who's you know Scott's sister, all of the exes, you know, get invited to the the musical, and then of course you know uh, Ramona, Scott, Knives, Kim, Stephen, and and Neil show up last, but they they all are like seated in like the front row or towards the front, and they're all like you know uh, in the same two rows, and. Things seem to be going well, but Scott and actually they find this out at the end of episode seven, but Scott and uh, Ramona are like, oh yeah, well, uh, yeah, because they're about to get, sorry, my bad, I skipped something. They're about to get together or they're about to kiss, but they there's this force field that's preventing them from actually locking lips. So they're like, okay, we're going to go to the musical or the premiere of the musical tonight and see which of the exit of my exes, uh, you know, is preventing us from getting together. And, you know, they, Scott's about to fight all of them at the beginning of the, uh, episode at the beginning of episode eight, but they, you know, when they run into each of them, they're like, no, we have no quarrel with you guys. And, and I thought that was cool. Cause I'm like, okay, so not only have they patched things up with the exes or not only has Ramona patched things up with the exes, they're all pretty much good with her. They're okay with Scott too. In fact, like, you know, when they're in the theater right before the play's about to start, they're all sitting in the, uh, or the, the exes are sitting in the row behind Scott and Ramona. They're all like, uh, they're all like, uh, trying to get Scott to kiss Ramona. They're all like, uh, I guess goading him on into kissing her. They're like, kiss, 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 kiss her, kiss her. You know, they're like chanting it, you know, cheering him on. And of course, you know, they still can't, they don't know why. And, uh, and that's when, they get teleported to like this, I, I'm guessing it's somewhere like in the desert uh, or maybe it's the subspace highway, but I feel like it's somewhere in the desert. Uh, I, I'm not sure where though, but like they're, they're like, it's like this big giant crater and there's, and there's like all this dust and shit blowing around and they find out that it was even older Scott that, <laughs> that uh, was the one who, uh, because, because uh, future Scott realized uh, when he, uh, you know, kidnapped Scott and brought him into the future, he realized that there was no way of getting it into his thick head that him and Ramona shouldn't be together. So he put nano, <laughs> he put nano, uh, nano machines in his drink that uh, had anti-kissing fields and that uh, activated and uh, AK fields for, as, as he calls them for short, that uh, basically um, created this force field that prevented the two of them from kissing. Thus, you know, and he was hoping, <coughs> excuse me, he was hoping that uh, that would cause them to, uh, that, that would prevent them from ever getting together if they couldn't actually kiss, you know. <laughs> so I, I love how ridiculous and goofy and over the top that it gets, but, but it is still pretty funny and like in theme with the movie, you know, where, you know, Todd's a vegan with supernatural powers and, the, you know, him being a vegan gives him powers and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's, it's all in line with the, the tone of the movie too. But, uh, but yeah, so it turns out that, yeah, when future Scott, future Scott did that and then he, he, he then spent 10 years of his life. He went back to his and Wallace's old apartment, uh, and trained to fight Scott, trained to fight present day Scott, because he knew that, Scott was never, Scott was so hard headed, you know, he was never going to, uh, or he thought he, uh, his past self was so hard headed that, yeah, Scott was never going to just give up Ramona willingly. So he activated, he don't put the nanomachines in his drink and prevented him and, which prevented, uh, 
which activated the anti-kissing fields, or which were laced with anti-kissing fields that uh, prevented, you know, the prevented them from kissing. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to teleport you all and uh, to this, you know, outside of the theater and uh, and kill Scott, you know. And, and it's cool because we get this, because, you know, like future Scott, like you said, he spent 10 years uh, training to fight Scott or to fight his past self, you know. And um, so... Uh, few even older Scott, as they call him, is like jacked, and he's got like this. Uh, <laughs> he's got this uh, this spiky gray hair, like he's uh, like, and he's got a full gray beard. He's got this, you know, badass Rambo like bandana wrapped around his head. He's got an eight pack, you know, shirtless. He's got jeans on, barefoot. You know, he, he looks he looks ripped. You know, he looks badass. And we get this cool fight where pretty much everyone, with the exception of like Stephen and Kim, because they don't. And uh, I guess Roman too. They don't really like uh, help fight because I mean, well, they kind of help fight, but they don't really get like their own big moment to shine because they're they don't really have like martial arts powers in a way, or they, you know they're not trained in martial arts. They don't have any powers. They're but you know they're they're kind of trying to help in any way they can. But we get pretty much everyone helping Scott uh, and Ramona fight older Scott. You know, all the exes are helping, and eventually, even older Scott teleports them all back to the theater and leaving just Scott and Ramona. Uh, and then when it seems like Scott, uh, evil Scott's about, or older Scott's about to kill Scott, uh, even older Ramona shows up with this badass neon, like, uh, it's like this, um, like latex neon looking suit, like one piece suit, uh, with, uh, neon matching, uh, with matching, uh, rollerblades to boot. Uh, she shows up and, you know, it's, it's funny. The big reveal is that basically they had like a quarrel. They had like a little spat and they were spending a little bit of time apart, but Ramona's, they never actually split up. They never actually got divorced. They just were taking a break. You know, they just had a fight and Scott overreacted and just assumed that Ramona, you know, and him were done forever. So he just, <laughs> so but yeah, basically older Scott just overreacted and concocted this whole evil scheme to destroy his past self. So that way he, uh, he and Ramona never got together, which if he ended up killing his past self would also kill him, which would erase him from existence. But I guess he didn't think of that. <laughs> he was just so pissed off in the moment, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so Ramona, uh, has a, you know, she realizes that she, um, she realizes that she, uh, you know, how much she hurt, uh, like just how much she hurt, uh, her, um, well, yeah, she realizes that, um, um, <laughs> she realizes that she's done running from what she loves and that she, re she realizes that she did run away from all the, all of her exes, you know, cause she was afraid of commitment or she just, you know, just didn't want to, uh, didn't, you know, didn't see things working out for them or with them. And, uh, she combines, uh, she combine she merges with her older self becoming super Ramona and the two of them or the, they teleport older Scott back to the future and they finally kiss Scott or, you know, Ramona kisses Scott and, uh, the anti-kissing fields are, <laughs> you know, broken and, uh, they go back to the play, uh, and, uh, and then we get the epilogue, which is great. Uh, because yeah, the play, you know, the play happens, you know, they missed the entire thing, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but we get the epilogue and every, everything ends on a nice note for everyone. Uh, we get Todd, Roxy's helping Todd maintain his vegan powers, you know, stay in shape and continue being a vegan. Cause there was a whole subplot where he slipped and started eating meat and unhealthy shit. Uh, and, uh, I won't get into it. Uh, cause I'm almost at the end of the episode, but you'll, you'll see what happens in the show. It's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, we get, we get that. We get, uh, Lucas, uh, working as a barista with Scott's sister at, uh, uh, Stacy, you know, we get, uh, him working there. Um, you know, Kim is, you know, uh, not working at the video store anymore, but she's still playing in the band. Knives has joined their band. She's joined sex Babam as a, uh, keyboardist, uh, Wallace, got, uh, you know, he still has some film money or he still, he still has some money from when he worked 
on the film on the Scott Pilgrim movie, even though that never ended up getting made because <laughs> Matthew shut shut production down. But he still had a lot of money saved up, so he took a vacation to Paris, finds a boyfriend. There are sparks when they kiss, which is funny because he didn't believe there were sparks earlier. Uh, well, you know what? I'll go ahead and tell you. Yeah, he, him and Todd end up sleeping together on the set of the movie. So he, he, uh, Todd ends up cheating on Envy, um, Scott's old ex, with uh, with Wallace. Todd falls in love with Wallace, but Wallace is like, no, yeah, uh, the the this relationship ends when the movie ends. And Todd still is hung up on Wallace <laughs> in the last episode. Uh, and Wallace, you know, discounts him saying, oh, there's no such thing as sparks. But then when he kisses that guy in Paris, he's like, oh, shit, there are sparks are real, you know, which that was a funny callback. Uh, and oh, and Envy also ends up collaborating with Sex bob too. So we get so we see that Envy seems to be on a good her and Scott seem to be in an okay place to where like she's willing to collaborate with his band, you know, uh, and Ramona, because she were, was working as a stunt double, like undercover, uh, trying to work as a stunt double in the movie when they were shooting the movie earlier in the season, she uh, is continuing to work as a stunt double, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, oh, and Matthew, uh, is, uh, continues working as a stage actor cause he was a theater kid in middle school and, you know, he played Scott in the play. So, that's, he continues doing that. Oh, uh, Kyle and Ken, the Ka- the Katayanagi twins, they, uh, I hope I didn't butcher their name, <laughs> they uh, are continuing to work in robotics. So yeah, pretty much everyone, you know, we could see everyone in the epilogue, they all end on a good note. But then we get a mid-credits scene where Gideon and Julie, uh, they started dating, uh, and we find out that Gideon's name is actually Gordon, and that when Julie was in high school, the two of them were classmates. They went to class together uh but gordon was or gideon gordon was kind of a nerd and you know that's you know when he decided to become an evil (laughs) you know ceo of a media conglomerate you know uh and but the two of them start dating julie kind of has this like takes this dark turn and uh where she's like in earlier in the finale they're trying to they, they were trying to blow up the the uh the play you know stop the play from happening because Gideon was jealous that Matthew was in it and or was was funding the play and playing Scott in the play uh, or in the musical. And, um, you know, the, um, Matthew stopped the plan. He he signs over the rights of the company because Matthew's like, this is too much shit for me to handle. Can I just give the company back to you? So he signs over the rights of his company back to Gideon. Uh, and the mid credit scene is Gideon or Gordon <clears throat> and Julie. Uh, it looks like they're like plotting against Scott and Ramona. Uh, and so I feel like, and I hope I'm right. I hope that they're, uh, they got green or they're going to get greenlit for a second season because I, I, well, one, I loved the movie. I loved the movie. I love it. I loved this first season so much because I, I just loved what they did with it. So I, I hope that they do get a second season. I would love to see what they do with the second season. I, and I feel like they wouldn't have included that mid credit scene if they weren't at least semi-confident that they were going to get a second season, you know? Because, you know, I mean, when the movie premiered back in 2010, it bombed. You know, people still, critics still liked it and people still went to see it, but not enough to gross even the movie's budget back in terms of, the, you know, at the box office. So they didn't gross what they what they even made on the, or what they even spent on the movie. They didn't even gross that much back. But over the years, you know, they, you know, it, it, the show or the movie has become, and I guess the comics too, have become a cult classic. Uh, and, you know, this, this series, you know, everyone, you know, who's reacting to it online and uh, even this podcast I listened to who were talking about it, they loved it too. And yeah, with the resurgence of, uh, I mean, you know, with, with the movie and comics still being popular and, you know, uh, you know, becoming a cult classic after the release of the movie and now with this show being successful and people loving it too, almost as much as the movie and comics or as much, pretty much, or, you know, loving it as much as the comics and movie, you know, I have hope that, and, uh, and I feel like that Netflix, it would be crazy of them to not give them a second season because I'm not sure what they'll do, but I'm sure they'll think of something. Cause like what the, the, the direction they took this season I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't see that coming at all. I loved what, you know, this, like, hypothetical parallel universe direction they took where it's essentially like, yeah, what if Scott, quote-unquote, lost the the fight with Matthew 
how would things have played out from that point? You know, and then just the way just the way we get to see every character from the movie uh, in the show develop and change as the show progresses, you know, is cool because everyone kind of gets their own moment to shine. And like everyone in the epilogue, we see where they end up. They end up in a better place than they were in the beginning of the movie, you know, and uh, it, it was just cool to see everyone grow and change for the better, including the exes, because, you know, they had a legit reason to be pissed at Ramona and Scott <laughs> in the movie. So it was cool that they ended up patching things up with Ramona and they were cool with Scott. Like I said, they were cheering them on to kiss. And when they kissed in the at the end, they were all like, hell yeah, you know, like, that's what I'm talking about. You know, like they were happy for him. And so that was great. But um, yeah, so I guess overall, the show to me was just as great as, as the movie. The animation was fantastic. The theme song, which I don't, I think it's in Japanese, but because it's like uh, anime influenced, you know, in a way, it's, um, uh, I'm not quite sure what they're singing because the uh, band performing it, the uh, singer is singing in Japanese. So I'm not sure what she's saying, but but it's catchy as hell, whatever it is. And the visuals that go along with it are great. Um we you know, you know with us seeing like Scott and everyone just uh hanging out and interacting with each other and uh flying through space and and shit it, it it's it's cool it's great uh but yeah the animation was fantastic very vibrant colorful expressive uh the character designs you know you could pretty much tell everyone if you hadn't play if you hadn't read the comics and you know you were watching the show right after the movie you could tell who everyone was just by looking at them. It's like, oh, okay, that's that's Scott, that's that's uh, Ramona, that's Matthew, that's Knives, that's Kim, that's Roxy. You know, you could tell everyone apart. Uh, they looked. I mean, you know, it's not like the most detailed animation, but their the character designs are different enough to where you can tell who's who. And um, and yeah, like like I said, I like the direction they took with the plot, animation, uh, and the voice acting. They got pretty much the they got the entire cast from the movie to come back and voice their respective characters. And I love that they did that. I'm like, I wonder, I, I, and I guess that just goes to show how much they all loved the movie. Uh, you know, or I mean, I'm assuming they all loved the movie and loved working on it, that they were willing to come back for the show. And, uh, and they all do a great job. They do as good of a job or as great of a job, if not better than they all did in the live action movie. And, uh, and yeah, so I guess that's pretty much it. I, I loved this first season, uh, Netflix. It, it'll be stupid of you uh, if you don't green light a second season of this, especially with Scott Pilgrim, you know, everyone loving Scott Pilgrim and it being even more in even more of high demand than it was when the movie came out. Because, you know, now the movie's, like I said, a cult classic. People are probably starting to read the comics because of the movie. And people are starting to watch this uh, show because of the movie or vice versa. So, uh, but yeah. I uh, I loved it, eight out of ten or eight and a half out of ten, probably same score I I gave the movie, which was like an eight and a half out of ten. So yeah, probably an eight and a half out of ten. Uh, definitely can't wait to read the comics. I'll have to see if they're available on Amazon and buy them and start reading them. Uh, see what happens in the comics versus what happened in the show in the movie. See how they differ. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, so if you have Netflix, go watch it. If you've read the Co Scott Pilgrim comics or watched the movie watch the show but i i you don't have to necessarily read the comics but definitely watch the movie before you watch the show because uh i feel like you know you'll get a better insight as to who the characters are if you watch the movie first you know and and also because like i said the first episode plays out with the exception of the end of the first episode it plays out exactly like the movie uh almost beat for beat with the exception of you know some dialogue uh differences you know differences in some of the dialogue but yeah so uh, watch the movie first, then watch the show. It's on Netflix. The episodes are like 25 minutes a pop. It's an eight episode season. You know, you could watch it all in a, in a weekend, you know, in a day and a half if you wanted to. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, it was great. Loved it. Uh, voice acting was killer. Uh, so yeah, I guess that does it for tonight's or today's episode. Uh, next week I'll be doing two reviews. I'm not sure what the second, like Saturday's review will be. But Friday's review, expect a review of, uh, or expect that to be a review of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoff series, Angel. Because, you know, I did my review of Buffy back in October, and I'm like 10 episodes away from finishing Angel. I've been loving it so far, and I plan on finishing that before uh, next Friday. So um, that's that will be Friday's review. 
Saturday may be a Christmas review or another movie review. I'm not quite sure. But, uh, but yeah, keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, next week for two episodes with Fridays being Angel. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I hope you guys, I guess that's it. So uh, hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, or yeah, I'll, sorry, my bad. I mixed that up. I'll see you guys next Friday. Hope you all have a great weekend. Uh, and until then, take care.